According to many people in the wool industry, there is a shearing and wool handler crisis in Australia, with wool growers struggling to get access to shearing teams to perform the vital role of harvesting the fibre. In response to this, AWI board member Don McDonald initiated a meeting of shearing contractors and their association, shearers and wool handler trainers, Wool Producers Australia, Stud Merino Producers, the Australian Wool Exchange and other industry stakeholders to Dubbo in New South Wales. Welcome to The Yarn, it's the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming and I facilitated the four-hour meeting of 25 passionate wool industry stakeholders and this episode is dedicated to that meeting in Dubbo and the progress it made. In a minute we'll hear from a very experienced contractor and his ideas for the future but before we do, AWI's Henry Ridge spoke with wool grower and consultant Ben Watts who helped run the meeting and he explained the key agreed points that the meeting established to move forward with. So the common themes that came out of today's meeting and discussions uh, really did come down to just some key points that uh, sat across most contractors and growers uh, points that were raised and one of the first ones and really came out as one of the top level ones was acknowledgement of shearing as a trade and that is to help recognise that this is a, uh, a skill that people build over their career and the amount of training and work that goes into it uh, that if we can have this recognised as a trade number one it will uh, help recognise the efforts of those already within the industry but number two that it uh, is also a really useful tool in uh, helping to attract young entrants into the industry. And then straight off the back of that, another one was highlighting the roles of models in the shed. And that's right across from our shearers to our wool handlers, wool classes, and would also go into the farm management staff. And it's so that teams uh, working in our work roles where uh, we're looking up to models setting some standards and that best practice in the shed. Mm. Definitely, the, the figures in industry, Ben, are something that, uh, you know, in any, any industry, that's a common place to have someone to look up to, whether it's a mentor or someone you work with, and, and that's uh, the great thing. But, um, you know, it's not just in shed. We had stakeholders from right across the industry here today, so there's a few other key things to come out of it. Yeah, so some of the other key points that came out of it was communications. So this is communications across uh, contractors and growers, planning ahead around suitable infrastructure, having our gear up to speed on farm before the team arrives, but also communicating long-term ahead uh, with our contract teams so that we can work on the planning side. But also some education, so we're not just talking about shearer and wool handler training, we're also talking about grower education so those of us on the grower side can understand our requirements in providing uh, the required safety infrastructure or, or work health and safety compliant uh, uh, site and also what other infrastructure might be required. And of course, uh, what was brought up was it's not just the shearing board or the wool room in the pressing area, but it's also around uh, facilities uh, at the shed, uh, bathrooms, wash facilities, lunch rooms, and suitable quarters for camp out sheds, because of course, they all play a uh, key part in the quality of the shed. And that really does fit under that grower education side. 
And uh, straight off the back of education was a uh, need for further engagement with uh, school level participants. It was noted by both growers and uh, contractors that capturing the interest of young people while they're still considering a career is key to capturing them into the industry so that they've got time to develop those skills. Uh, and again, off the back of that communication about safety and infrastructure, uh, came work health and safety and the need for us to understand that it is shared responsibilities, that it is a combination of the contractor who may employ the team directly, but it's also the responsibility, of course, of the grower providing the, uh, the work site. Definitely. Expectations, roles and responsibilities for all parties crucial in any workplace. And for those of the listeners that, that aren't aware and, you know, if you haven't had that conversation with your contractors and you're not sure what those big ticket items are or the one percenters that, that you can look at to improving your, your shearing shed design features and safety through that and what's best practice, albeit amenities and facilities, you can go to wool.com forward slash safe dash sheds. New, new program released in November 2020, Safe Sheds. You'll find that there and it's, it's a checklist, best practice guide and self-assessment that you can go right through all of that. Very handy tool to start off with. And then the final part that uh, came out of today, Henry, was uh, an eagerness to look at developing a database of learners, but also contractors and other shed staff so that in uh, real pressure times, people can access a common database to see who is out there uh, available for work, but really the underpinning part of that was came down to communication and it's great to see our contractors so keen to actually work together because we are a united team in our industry and uh, it was a really positive uh, feeling in the room to hear so many people from different parts of the industry all striving to overcome this current shortage, but more importantly, uh, looking forward to the long term, uh, setting those best practice standards to keep the industry pushing forward as it always does. Thank you. Wool grower and consultant Ben Watts there with AWI's Henry Ridge. So what are the experiences and the ideas from those in the heat of this issue? Mick Taylor has been a shearing contractor since 1991 and services the far west and tablelands of New South Wales as well as into Queensland. He says one of the keys to solving this is learner shearers. In every industry we need to have learners, you know, whether it be plumbers or shearers or, or whatever, but we really need to address it. But one thing we do need to address, and if this is ever going to Prime Minister Scott Morrison, is we want to put more taxpayers out there and you know back in the day we never used to um, we never used to go to university as soon as we finished school we sort of done a couple of years you know as a blue collar worker and Australia's losing that and we you know it's, a, it's an absolute failure because we need to have you know we need to have these young people as blue collar workers coming out onto the farms coming into trade coming into apprenticeships um, if they want to go to university after that, then they should be given a subsidy uh, because they've done two years of working as a blue-collar worker or like working in industry. Um, yeah, I just think... And, and then we wouldn't have to rely on so many other people, you know, but 
it's something that needs to be done. So as a shearing contractor for, for many years now, is there a crisis in uh, a labour shortage of shearers in general or can it be covered by um, Kiwis coming back post-COVID and more learners? Oh, look, it can be... It's a thing that can be fixed. It's uh, it, And to get to your first question, it is a crisis. But it can be fixed. We need to... Um, it's not about everyone, you know, not being able to train learners. We don't have the access to learners. So we need to sort of get out there and, you know, through social media and, and um, you know, and give them a name like, you know, like apprenticeship or something like that where they can actually go and... Um, yeah, and go and learn how to shear and, and be involved in the whole agricultural industry, which is suffering from people. But not only agricultural industry, every industry is suffering because too many of our young people are going to university and we need to entice them into, you know, into work. How do we, from the meeting today, there was a, a, quite a push to promote shearing and wool handling as a, uh, as a trade how can we do that better? How do we paint a better picture of this wonderful industry that we both love? Well, I guess um, when you're 17 or 18 year old and you say, you'd say to your mum, I'm going to the shearing industry to be a shed hand or whatever, but if it has a little bit better of a role model to it and, and has a lot of training a role, you know, involved to it, it can lead to different avenues. You know, shearing, shearing's always been good to me and and um, shed hand work and everything like that. So it is a it is a good industry, um, but it needs to be, you know, like uh, it needs to have sort of a little bit of funding so they can, um, you know, they buy the equipment that they need to get this stuff. And um, you know, 18, 19 year olds. This is when I was 17 when I first started cheering and went to Queensland. So it's you know, but uh, we need to get our training right. And uh, a bit of funding, right? So, and I think they can go out and earn a lot of money, and then decide whether they want to go to university or uh, stay on. So, is it a training issue? Is it a retaining issue? Because we seem to be training a lot of shearers. The uh, the numbers are high across uh, Australia, but we're losing them. Uh, how are we losing those people? Well, I don't know if we are losing them or not. It seems to be a little bit of um, you know. If you, if you lose them, you lose them to the mining industry, you know, when it booms. Uh, but as far as training, we've got to have the people that we can train, so we need to get out through them through, uh, through a gateway, you know, like, and the gateway needs to be set up with AWI, which explains everything with a website and then target social media and just out there offering good jobs to come out and be trained and, uh, and get into the good workforce. Now you mentioned this a bit today that there is already a bit of an interface with Facebook. Uh, tell us a bit about your experience with that. Oh, well, I guess if you've got a website and and everything, uh, Google talks to Facebook, and um, so once you start searching for you know farm work or whatever, then if you've ever wondered why these um, these ads come up on Google, which are good, um, it actually directs you then back to the Facebook page, back to the Back to the uh, Google page, you know, your website, and um, and it can target people from, you know, in a certain age group or whether they're searching agriculture or whatever. Um, maybe you could target 
without trying to push too many things into their face, but it can, you know, sort of, it can put your word across because a lot of times you don't know about it, you know. If you're out there, you don't know. You'd love to get work in agriculture, so, you know, um, the Australian wool industry is a great industry and it's been around and it's been a heritage of Australia and it has many jobs, not only in shearing and shed handing to wool, you know, like selling wool and, you know, there's lots and lots of jobs that it can involve. A lot of different avenues and a lot of different pathways. So we had a meeting today with uh, really most areas of the wool industry uh, present. Um, look, these things can tend to be a, a bit of a talk fest, but how did you think the meeting went today and what do you hope from it? Well, I think it's constructive. I think it was a good meeting today. I think it's very constructive. Um, as long as we don't try and tie ourselves down with red tape, we can um, look forward. We can't leave this go and have the same type of meeting next year. I think everyone knows what they've got to do. We've, we need to We need to have funding from AWI because AWI is really set up to promote wool and sell it. They've taken another avenue with training and whatever. But um, we don't want to drain the pit there. Um, so we need to... Um, so what we're going to do is try and put more taxpayers in the job, you know, like, and more people you know, rather than being on, you know, leaving school and having a lot of different avenues and jobs that they can, then they can go into. And um, the whole idea of the whole of Australia is to get everyone working and um, whether you're an employer or a producer or whatever... Um, you just got to have good labour, you know, you've got to have good labour supply. There was quite a lot of talk today about um, ageing sheds, poor infrastructure, um, unsafe sheds. Uh, what's your take on um, how safe your employees are in the sheds that you work in? Well, I think it's up to yourself, but I think it's something that needs to be um, maybe addressed, you know. You can, uh, um, you, you, you can, you know... you. You can get caught down, bogged down. You might even have your own car that's probably unsafe and and whatever. But once people start telling you about it and other avenues and and um, other avenues to way to do things, a new advanced skills and way to build sheds that actually cut down labour staff and everything. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, nothing's going to happen overnight with that um, because uh, we need shearers on deck because. Uh, it's not much use having brand new sheds out there if we haven't got shearers to shear in them. Now, something interesting that happened today was quite a few people, uh, quite a, a few contractors were suggesting that the um, the rate should go up for shearing um, quite considerably, a dollar a head, and, and you said the opposite, which was quite amazing. Why did you say that? Well, I didn't probably say the opposite. I um, The rate for shearing, you know, is set by a body which we all work to and um, if the rate goes crazy over Facebook and whatever once you start moving that rate upwards in a dramatic fashion you could have shearers ready to go to work on Saturday night and on Sunday have none because the next door has offered them a ridiculous amount of rate everyone needs to work on a plain, level playing field and that's the way it should be uh, we've been under an award system for a long time and and that's that's the way it, it should go. Look, you can absolute smell disaster when this is happening, and um, it, and it, it, if it continues to happen, well, put it this way, 
you know, Facebook is a strong, powerful tool, and um, it uh, it can, it, you know, we can do problems by just suddenly offering more money. We have a rate. I don't believe the shearers should be paid below the rate. If we get a lull in the industry where um, there's not enough sheep and things like that, that rate could go down, and I fight for that too. It should be the rate it is, you know, the rate that is awarded to shearer sheep, whether it be a lamb or a weather. That's the right. It's tricky though, isn't it? Because you've got stud sheep, you've got um, difficult to shear sheep, you've got unmules sheep, um, you've got large sheep. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a level playing field on the supply. Well, it is, uh, you know, like um, you've got small sheep, so you get a few more dollars there, and then that counteracts for the big sheep. And you've got stud sheep, which you've got a special award for anyhow. Yeah. So that's. Um, what about cash? For, um, I don't believe, I mean, you know what I mean? I love to come to a big, nice city like Dubbo and go to the toilet and drive here on a bitumen road. And if we want to go into a cash economy, well, you know, we uh, we uh, should go and have a look at Argentina and all them other places that operate on cash economies and and um, you know, like um, just really bad governments. You know, I think Australia's got a very good government. It doesn't matter which side you go to, but it's you know, you can't. The cash economy has just got to stop. The faster it stops, the better. You know, the, the more everyone pays tax, you don't want to overpay it, but the more everyone pays tax, the better off our families will be, the better roads we'll get, the more funding we'll get to things, you know, it's got to go around. It's, the cash economy's got to stop. Finally, Mick, um, you've been in the wool industry a very long time. Um, how do you feel about the future of it? Oh, well, you know, I think it was about... 10 year old and I sat on the board and I heard the exact same conversation about not many people about and things are tough and, and whatever and it virtually nearly to this exact timing and the exact shortage and then um, yeah I guess we went into the 80s and wow there were some shearers out there and if you weren't shearing 200 you weren't going to get a job and um, you don't want it that way and you don't want it the other way. So um, it's just something we've got to work through and we can't lay down because of it. You know, it's a big industry for Australia. It's a big export for Australia. We employ a lot of people. And most importantly, we employ a lot of taxpayers and that's what we want to do. But you feel optimistic about the industry itself uh, into the future? Yeah, I do, so feel, I do feel a bit optimistic. You know, we just went through a bad drought. And, you know, sometimes you might get the mining industry who might take a few offers and and a few things like that. Um, but yeah, I feel optimistic into the industry. We've just got to work together. We can't keep cutting through the red tape and there's a few things we need to fix as far as we don't, we're not, you know, good businessmen don't stand there for handouts and funding, but the people that administrate the funding, that administrate the, uh, the skill levels and the trainers and everything, they do need some funding and uh, if they work it right, well then they put taxpayers into the industry and that's, once you've got a taxpayer there, well, it spins off everywhere. It does. Well, Mick, um, it's been a pleasure to meet you today. Um, thank you for your input into this important meeting and all the best for the future. No worries. Thank you, Mark. Shearing contractor Mick Taylor there, and needless to say, there's a long way to go with this issue, with other wool harvesting meetings planned for other key wool growing areas to help address the issue. But importantly, if you have comments, ideas, Contact us at theyarn at wool.com on email, but also follow us on Twitter, 
Facebook and Instagram. We always love hearing from you. But for now, from me, Mario's coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us. Thank you.